What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and you guys are listening to uh, episode 36. Uh, wow, man, I'm coming up almost on a year of doing this thing, and um, yeah, actually, like I think eight more episodes will be close to a year or around a year. So, uh, thank you for all the support. And um, today is October 19th. Wednesday night, and I'm doing this one a little later today because I got caught up watching these ESPN uh, E60s, man. These are great. I like, uh, I got to say, man, that the ESPN 30 for 30s they do, the documentary films and their E60, um, really kind of get you in, man. It, it's it's definitely cool to, to see something other than the same sports center, you know, for the 12th time that day. Um, and it's, and it's so funny how like we'll watch the same sport, like dudes will watch the same sports center 12 times in one day. You know, we know the guy's going to catch the ball. We just want to watch that shit over and over again. <laughs> you know, um, it's almost like therapeutic for us, but no, I was watching this, uh, this E60, um, some really good ones, man. This, this one about that wrestler, Razor Ramon was one of the saddest things I ever saw. Um, I used to like that guy when I was watching wrestling when I was a fucking idiot. Um, you know, I guess in the early 90s. Uh, the three things a grown man shouldn't do if you reach, like, if you're past 25 years old. And it's watch pro wrestling. Uh, what uh, what else do I say? Paint your face at a game or dance. Those three things are just, you know, just unacceptable, weird. And it's almost like, look yourself in the mirror. Get a grip of your, on your fucking life. You know, watching pro wrestling and stuff. A grown man. So it is funny when they scream into the microphone and say crazy stuff, but... Uh, I was watching that one. I was watching one. Uh, they just showed one on Maurice Jones-Drew uh, and his grandfather, uh, Chris Johnson and stuff. It's pretty interesting. You know, um, I thought they did a good job on it. I actually got my wife got me uh, last year for Christmas. She got me the first set of the 30 for 30s, which was awesome. The Jimmy the Greek one was great. Um, so uh, that's what I was doing. So I'm doing this a little late. This should be up either tonight or uh, tomorrow. But this is still Wednesday's episode because I am recording it on Wednesday. And uh, I was going to have a guest on, guys. I apologize. Uh, there's a few different comedians uh, that we're going to be on. Um, so I'm lining up a couple other guests. As you guys know, if you listen to the show, um, I mainly do the show alone. But sometimes I don't want to have a comedian on or a guest on every episode. Uh, that's not. I just want people that, you know... That I, that I like, that I respect. I'm very picky with who, who comes on here because um, I want to give you guys the goods as always. Um, so uh, I will definitely be having a couple of uh, comedians. I would say within the next you know two to three weeks, there should be one or two comedians on here. Um, didn't work out uh, this week. I'm also, unfortunately, I'm going to fold to the idea of upgrading the my my podcast system. I'm not going to go crazy. I said at the beginning a couple of times, you know, so I don't want to act like I'm selling out, but uh, I said, you know, I like to do it, you know, gritty, raw. You know, I'm not one of these people that go out and, you know, spend all kinds of money. It's not even about spending the money. It's just I like the fact that, you know, my, my MacBook and uh, my computer gives me the opportunity to do this, to reach out to fans. It's been working great. I have a ton of followers and listeners uh, to the Verzi Effect, and if you're one of them right now, I, I really do appreciate it, but um, I think what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to get some kind of like external mic, some kind of little soundboard, I'm not going to go crazy with it, but just to make the quality uh, even better. I didn't want to do it, but uh, people are telling me I got to do it, so I'm going to do it. Um, 
and uh, you know, so that that'll be coming up in the in the future. So hopefully this thing sounds better uh, in the next month or so. But um, I got I got I got some stuff to say on this one, man. It's been a crazy week for me. Um, really frustrating and and also and also great at the same time. So uh, I'll get right into it. One thing that happened for me this week, which was awesome. And I, you know, I got to, uh, I got to shout out my management, uh, cringe humor, uh, Chris Italia, Dave Kimowitz, you know, coming through for me, not even a half a year signed with them. Um, they've already got made me some money. They've already gotten me some gigs and they have uh, just uh, recently got me on television again. Um, they got me on as like a talking head, like, you know, those talking head shows, VH1 best week ever. Well, the spike network is, uh, doing something like that. And it's like, uh, you know, the way like, um, I guess MTV did one or VH1 did one, like the 40 greatest pranks. And they just show all these like pranks and like funniest home video clips and then comedians kind of pop up and talk about them. Well, this was something, a promotion for a, a, a new video game coming out called uh, Saints Row the Third. I guess Saints Row is this over the top, Saints Row is that like over the top Grand Theft Auto game. But like when I say over the top, I mean fucking one of the most hilarious like, you're running around the streets beating people to death with a dildo. It's fucking hysterical. Like, I, I, it's so... There's this one, it's called a pocket fist. And it's just this huge fist that, like, you punch people and it explodes their bodies. Like, just blood everywhere. It's just this really over-the-top, like, running up to pe pedestrians on the street doing wrestling moves. Like, dancing in front of them and then, like, kicking the shit out of them. And it's, it's hilarious. So, anyway, a bunch of comedians. I went in there and uh, a bunch of comedians... Uh, I was the first call of the day, and um, what we got was, here's how it works, so uh, for you comedians that, that, you know, eventually will do this, um, the Talking Head show works like this, they basically either send you clips of something, or they send you, you know, just a written out, uh, you know, I guess scene or something that happens, uh, in this case with the video game, it was kind of both, it was questions and it was also clips and stuff. So then what you do is you just write, it was like a, like a bunch of questions and then different parts to each question. And, um, you know, I took it real seriously. Like I do everything, you know, that, that you know, in the business, you, 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 this is what I do for a living. You know, so um, I took it real seriously. I was up to all hours of the night the night before, making sure my answers were good, making sure my answers were funny enough. Obviously sweating it because, you know, you just want to be as funny as possible. And... Um, you know, just up all night writing it, and really some funny stuff, I mean, some stuff was easy, some stuff was hard, um, some stuff they want you to just go off, you don't exactly know what they're looking for, so what happened was, um, it was awesome too, because Spike and MTV are the same company, they sent a car service to my house, and I live like 35, 40 minutes from the city, so I had this car sitting outside early in the morning, and, um, you know, nothing worse than, than having to be funny, you know, just before 11 a.m., and having to be up just so early with car services and shit. Like, nothing worse for a comedian, especially one like me who is, who is, I was born a night owl. Like, I swear to God that, like, I'm just not really that happy or productive before, like, you know, lunchtime. So, I, I get in the car, which was actually really nice. It was nice to be that exhausted after working hard all night and writing and then just going outside and, um, you know, just having this nice car, you know, take you down to the city. And it's funny because I had this Asian driver, and he seemed like a really nice guy. His name was Charlie. 
And like I'm normally like talkative and friendly and I was just so tired that and it was like rainy. So not only was it was I tired but it was like rainy and drizzling and that dark. You know, so the last thing that I wanted to do was uh, you know, really be talkative. I felt bad. I tried to talk to the guy a couple of times, but so uh, I'll break down the process for you guys so you know exactly how it works. Um, so I'm in the car, you know, and I'm, I'm, I was even too tired to even be nervous. I'm just like, I had my jokes. I was going over everything that I wrote down and I was like, I'm going to do the best that I can. So I get there and, uh, there's somebody downstairs when the car drops you up, there's somebody waiting to take you up into the building. So this girl, she was a sweetheart. She brought me right up. Um, you know, she was, you know, seemed great. I was talking to her about the game. She's like, oh yeah, you know, that, that's awesome. Have a good time. And they bring me into this room and they got all this like food and stuff. And they're like, oh, you're the first comic of the day. And it was funny, I had this black shirt on, and this wardrobe lady goes, oh, that's what you're wearing? Which let me know, like, you know, it wasn't, listen, you can't go wrong with black, but she just kind of was like, yeah, it's all right, I could steam it. And basically, she was saying that it needed to be, like, really pressed because it was black, and I'm going to be sitting down, so it's going to be wrinkled more. So um, they send me into to makeup, and I do, like, the this, uh, you know, they put me in makeup real quick, and they steam the shirt, give me back the shirt, everything is good, and then I go back, and I'm actually, I'm sitting down with the, like, director and producer of this whole thing, um, and they were really, really cool, the, the director guy reminded me of Jonah Hill, he really did, like, he talked like him, and, you know, he does, done, does a ton of on-camera stuff, for like all those companies and tv and spike and everything like that so you know you want to do a good job with those guys because they'll use you again so um um you know now like they're being so nice to me that like i'm like now my confidence is just rising i'm still like nervous but nervous just to do good you know like i'm not nervous that like if i suck and leave like i just i just want it i want to kill so um i i'm talking to them like hey do you want to sit down they're like do you want to sit down with us and go over the thing i'm like yeah sure you know so they go down, and uh, we go down, like, like down the room, down this conference table, and then we sit down, and we're sitting at the conference table, and they're like, all right, you know, there's 10 questions. Let us know the ones you like the best and the ones to ask you about, you know, and there's each question has certain parts. So I go, yeah, no, I read them. I actually wrote for all of them. And they kind of just, like, looked at each other, like, they were kind of like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I wrote for all 10, and I, you know, and I wrote a couple answers for each one, you know, just in case. And I had, like, all this, you know, these papers with me because, I, you know, I, I wrote it down. So, like, oh, wow. Like, and they kind of, like, looked at each other and looked at me like, oh, thanks so much. Like, normally that doesn't happen. Like, comedian, how fucking lazy do you have to be? You know, that, like, you know, that's the difference, too, with, like, comedians that, like, you know, self-sabotage. It's like, how do you fucking get that sent to you and not work your ass off for it because it means money and exposure and tickets at comedy clubs like you have to look at it like that and and apparently there's a lot of fucking idiot comedians who don't do it so I um I'm sitting there and I'm like oh well that's good they're already like psyched that I did the work and I'm thinking like I just did what I was really sent and I thought like everybody should do um, but I put the effort in to really get it done. So they were like, all right. So then I, they were like, all right, so you want us to just go from what, you know, from, from one to 10. And I go, yeah, you know, let's just do it. You know, they were real cool. They were real nice. They seemed cool about everything. And then we go into this little room and there's a green screen there and they got like the, the director's chair kind of tilted a certain way. And that's what the comedian, uh, you know, who was, you know, obviously myself at the time, sits there. And then there's a cameraman, another dude, and then, like, I guess a sound dude. So there were three people in the room, 
and then the director and producer are sitting in seats across from me, and they're the ones that are going to be asking me the question, the two guys that I had just met with. So we're sitting down, and they were just like, all right, you know, we'll go from this, and if you, if you want to go off on anything, if you have any ad-libs or improvs, you know, feel free, this and that. Really made me feel comfortable, everything. And, uh, you know, what can I say, man? I got I got a uh, fucking cat in the background knocking shit around. Sorry about that. Um, so... You know, I, I started to just nail it. You know, I just started talking about stuff. And, like, I knew I started to do really well because, like, they were like, oh, that's great. That's great. And at one point, like, I said stuff. I swear to God, they looked at each other and they were laughing and they gave each other a fist pound, like, right after one of my punchlines. And they gave each other this look like this is exactly what we wanted for this. And that automatically made me feel like I was a basketball player and I just hit my, my first three three-pointers. You know, it's like a big game in the finals. The place is going nuts, and I just knocked down the first three in, like, the first half, and I'm, like, you know, five for five, and it's just going to be a monster game, you know? So I'm like, so now I'm like, oh, shit, now that I already got these guys, it was almost like you're killing at a comedy club early, so now you can, like, show them, like, you're fucking, that, what you could do. Um, and I was doing it. Hold on a second. Stop it. Jesus Christ. What the hell? I got a two I got a two and a half year old boy sleeping. My wife is upstairs and they're not making any noise. I got a fucking cat running around hitting my son's uh toys. Um so anyways. So yeah, so I just start knocking this out, man, and I'm just going that and then one thing that was really cool was they asked me a question and they stopped the question, they went to another question, and I said to him, I was like, Hey, listen, I said I have something else. Can I read this too? Because I like this line that I wrote, and they're like, oh, please, go ahead, and I did it, you know, and then they loved that, and then it was cool, you know, I said a couple of lines, I had the camera people laughing, I had the, um, you know, I just had, I had them, you know, and I knew that I had them, so I start having a great time, we get to question 10, and I know it's almost over, and I know that I'm, you know, I'm knocking this out of the park, and, um, you know, what can I say? They were like, dude, that was great. At one point, they were like, I don't even think we need another comedian for this. Meanwhile, there were like six other comics going in after me. So um, it was just an awesome thing. Uh, I recommend it. You know, if you if if, if any comedians out there or just people who want to know how th th that process works, that's pretty much it. You go in, you sit down in a little room with a green screen behind you, and you just you know hopefully the stuff that you prepared is funny and goes with what they're saying. They do know what they're looking for, and it was great. And uh, my management got great feedback that day, pretty quickly from when I left there. And, uh, you know, apparently, uh, you know, Spike, MTV, and those guys would love to work with me again and uh, said we will work again. So so that was um, that was great. You know, you can't ask for anything other than preparing. You know, it's like what John Wooden said, man. Uh, John Wooden, legendary coach. Um, failure to prepare is preparing to fail. It's a, it's a perfectly said quote. And it's exactly right. Just have the shit ready to go and show the people that you took it seriously. Because apparently that's not the case, which I find fucking just ridiculous and unacceptable, which should be unacceptable for the week. Um, but uh, so so now, so now I'm tired. And th this goes into the weekend. I want to talk about the weekend I had um, because it was, it was just... Um, you know, and I, I apologize if this if this podcast episode thirty six is gonna be. I swear to God, I might I might abuse a cat right now. I might abuse. Um, no, I love my cat. But anyway, um, no. So, you know, it it was 
it was just one of these weekends where I got to talk a lot about comedy. So if you're listening to this and you're not into it or it's more a comedian uh, thing, I, I don't think so. You know, I think I think people would like to to hear what happened. But um, let's just say I did not have a fun Friday and Saturday of doing stand-up um, because um, after having a great day at Spike and, and you know, and, and doing the whole TV thing, which I believe is going to air... Uh, from the no- from November sixth, for ten days straight, you're gonna see these little things of like these the you know the talking head comedians just riffing on this game. So it should be all over the Spike uh, Network. Uh, should be all over from like November sixth through November sixteenth. Should run for like ten days straight. So uh, hopefully it comes off good. Who knows? But I had fun doing it, and they were laughing. So that's all I care about. They're the ones putting it together. Um, so that's great. And then I'm going to New Haven, Connecticut to Joker's Wild to headline. Um, you know, so not only, you know, is it a productive weekend, but, you know, I'm making some money too. You know, I'm making some money from the TV deal, making some money for the, you know, from, you know, getting on stage and headlining and stuff. And now here's the thing with the Joker's Wild Comedy Club, okay? And it is always the case. And uh, I'm not going to sit here and trash the club because. The owners are great to me. They love me. I was told by them on numerous occasions, and even when they call me for private gigs, I'm one of their favorite comedians, they said. you know. And I didn't get the sense that they told that to everybody. Like, you know, I, I think they like me because they have called me for privates before. But it's one of the rooms where I just feel that the lighting could be better, things could be better, and the room can, tends to... Like, I'm, I'm kind of aggressive and energetic on stage. If you're not, you will get eaten alive at this room, period. It's just one of those rooms. Like, if you go up there and you try to pull, like, a Stephen Wright thing, unless everything is just brilliant and like Stephen Wright, you're going to fucking die, period. Right? And I know now I know that. Um, I've been there before uh, many times. So my manager came with me. Uh, uh, Chris Italia was with me. And uh, we were going to go to Frank Pepe's Pizza, which is up the street. The original 1925 New Haven, Connecticut. Um, the best pie I've ever had in my life. So... Um, you know, we, we go to the show and he knows, he's like, yeah, I want to see, you know, how the room is and everything. So I get on stage and I'm doing my thing and I'm doing well. And of course, there's a drunk table in front talking. The lighting wasn't right. And there's a drunk, drunk people to the left and you get a clap break and you do well. And then it just turns into this fucking cafeteria again. And I start getting really pissed off and I start to say things. And I swear to God, guys, at one point I literally said, I go, that is a perfect joke, you unappreciative dumb fucks. I go, you stupid motherfuckers in this town. And like the local comics are in the back laughing their ass off. And I'm like serious. I'm going, you people here are fuck you animals. Look at this. Like I'm just shitting on them. I'm sh- I'm, I literally at one point called them dumb. And, and I just was just, I said, oh, I hope you people get into a light car accident tonight, you fucking idiots, you dummies, you, uh, oh, I was just, I started to, I looked over at my manager, I'm just shaking my head, he knew, he knew what I was going through, 45 minutes, 50 minutes on stage, I felt like I did three shows, and it was just, and then, you know, I got off stage, I had to address it, you know, and I was kind of pissed off, so I get off stage, I did well, you know, I had a good set, and, uh, you know, the local comic who kind of runs the show was like, Hey, man, like, really sorry you had to go through that. And I told the bartender, I go, look, man, I'm not dealing with this shit tomorrow. Like, enough is enough. You know, enough is enough. So I was kind of pissed. So anyway, uh, you know, we leave. And um, we go eat. And I kind of calm down and I forgot it. Next night comes. I go there by myself. And first show is all right. 
first show, I had to address some talking, but I, I had a great set. You know, that for the most part, they were like 95% respectful, and the rest of the 5%, even if they were like, at this room, even if they're like 70%, like, okay, you could deal with it as a pro and as a comic. So I was cool with that. I addressed a couple of things, and that's it. Second show. Okay, no, no, here's something that happened after the first show. These fucking stupid bitchy women that are there and these people I don't know what it is about Connecticut they're just these entitled fucking idiots I swear to god they just they're so fucking stupid I was so pissed because of Friday I opened up I opened up Saturday going oh man New Haven has some of the dumbest fucking people I've ever met in my life and like some people got upset and I go no you know not not you guys you guys came to a show but I'm talking about those dumb fucks across the street or on online like a roller coaster for Six Flags to get pizza you know, and, and, you know, and I started having fun with them. But then, again, when talking went down, I just started making fun of them and just talking about that's what happened. And now I'm saying to myself, man, I don't, I, this is just so ridiculous. So when I walked in there the next night, though, the owner was like, oh, I heard about last night. That wouldn't have happened if I was here. And she is a sweetheart. Um, and she's great. And she tries to make things right. And when she is there, things run smoothly, you know, most of the time. So um, first show is fine. Get through it. And um, I was just sitting there like, okay, you know what, maybe last night sucked a little bit, but tonight, you know, so the second show has more people, and uh, I go on stage for the second show, and I start doing it, and it's already, it's already drunk, and, and rowdy, and just, I'm like, this is going to be a fight for 45 minutes, it's going to be a fight, you know, um, the middle guy was a really energetic, you know, um, you know, dude who like you know just was really you know and you have to be it's one of those rooms so I get up there and I'm not as energetic and as lively as the dude before me he was like up there fucking singing and like he was a few you know so I'm like all right well I gotta you know I'm I'm the headliner here I'm gonna be the headliner here I just you know I gotta get him so you know working real hard getting him getting him and then sure enough back at the bar which isn't closed off you can hear the bar some I guess I don't know if it was friends of the owner or or all these people and they're just being really loud just stop my show. And in my mind, I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Seriously, I just fucking ha I just had it. I just stopped the show. And I go, can you guys shut up at the bar? Keep it down a little bit at the bar, please? You know, just kind of pissed. Dude turns around. Some dude turns around and goes, I know you ain't talking to me. Right? And the crowd's like, ooh, you know, doing that. I swear to God, I go, <laughs> I go, dude, I don't give a fuck who I'm talking to. If you're one of the dozen people up there, yeah, then I am talking to you. Shut the fuck up. And let me do my job, right? And the people start clapping. And then there's like, you know, and then there's like like some kind of, I guess they were, uh, whoever that was, you know, might have known somebody or they were upset. And I'm upset. I'm pissed off. I'm trying to do my job. I come to this club and I work hard every fucking time I'm there and I'm dealing with this. So then there's people talking to the left and I just stop the fucking show. And I go, can you people seriously, like seriously stop, shut the fuck up or just leave? fucking loud cocksuckers like I just I just said something like that I called them cocksuckers and shit and I just and then I was like all right how am I gonna get funny now and I think I told that to the crowd and what sucked was you know 85 90 percent of these people were enjoying it it was just these, this one drunk party and these people at the bar but once again that screws up the show and by now dealing with this so much knowing that I was gonna have to deal with this shit I was really pissed off so, you know, I, I just was shitting on the crowd. I was getting really pissed off, calling them fucking dumb, you know. But then I would go back, you know, one, the the host of the show was like, dude, it was, it was a pleasure to watch you get him back after you did what you did. And I did that because that's my job. But I was pissed, really pissed. 
So after the show, I was selling t-shirts, you know, I have uh, like 25 t-shirts left of this funny line that I say in my act, and, uh, you know, I'm selling them before my first, uh, you know, uh, you know, my first album comes out next year, and, uh, you know, make a little bit of money, and I start making sales, and I'm giving out my flyers, and this one girl, uh, I was going to give her my flyer, and she goes, she's about to take it, and then she goes, oh, no, I'm not taking your flyer, you yelled at our group. Think you called us cocksuckers? And I go, was that the table that was talking? And she goes, yeah. I go, then you were cocksuckers. And she goes, well, then I'm not taking your flyer. I go, good. And like defiantly good. There was a, there was another gr a girl outside who like was like, do I really have to take your flyer? I think this was after the first. She goes, do I really have to take your flyer? And I killed. And she liked my show, really, because I'm probably just gonna throw it out. Really, she said it because you know she was a pretty girl, so she thought she could say it. So afterwards, I go, you know something? You not taking my flyer kind of explains your personality. That's all I would ever need to know about your personality, I said. She goes, oh, really? I go, yeah, yeah. I know, that I, need, I know everything I would need to know about you, and I just walked away, and it felt so good. It felt so I got to tell you, it was one of the most liberating weekends I had, although it was hard, and although I don't wish it on comedians, you know, that you had to work like that, because I'm not going to lie. Th this weekend, for me, was probably one of the weekends where I'd say my job wasn't really that fun. Um, only because of the fucking stupid people there and because of just how, um, you know, it's just not a, it's just not a right setup. And to be honest, I, I don't know if I'm going back. I just don't, you know, I, I, the owners have been great to me and I appreciate it, but something needs to change and I don't know if I'm going back. And, uh, you know, I, you know, but th this is, this is not the end of it. This, this gets, this gets pretty, uh, pretty intense. Um, so I'm at the door selling my t-shirts, and I'm selling a lot, this guy comes over to me, really nice guy, hey Paul, you know, uh, name's Carl, I believe that was his name too, name's Carl here, great show, great set, good job, takes my flyer, oh, what size t-shirts do you got, the t-shirt's hilarious, I love it, blah, 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 having this great conversation with this guy, and um, all of a sudden, like in front of the thing, there's just these loud motorcycles and choppers and bikes, and the exhausts from them are coming into the front of the of the comedy club, and, like, it's loud, and I can't even talk to the guy that's buying my T-shirt and talking to me. So then, finally, they just race off down the street in these choppers like it's a fucking, like, in the movie A Bronx Tale. And, like, the guy that's buying my T-shirt and enjoyed my show is like, what the hell? And, like, you could tell he was all flustered from it. And I'm kind of pointing, and there's people outside, and I'm going to, there's people here. And I swear to God, I'm not even joking, and I don't want to get into names or who did it, but one of the employees of the comedy club, and I thought that they were joking goes, goes, uh, will you stop complaining? And I thought he's joking. I completely thought he was joking. Cause I come, he goes, oh, dude, just shut up. Stop complaining. And I laughed it off. And he goes, come on, man. You're, stop, you, you're always bitching about something. And I, and I totally think he's joking. I go, oh, shut up, man. He goes, why don't you make me? And I go, what? And he was dead serious. He goes, why don't you come out here and make me? Dead serious. And I'm like, dude, are you serious? I go complain about, he goes, oh, you complaining, this one's talking, that one's talking. I go, dude, I'm a comedian trying to do my job. I go, I've been coming here for years, I never complain, and the one time I say something, I'm a complainer. And we're just getting into this fucking whole thing, and he's like, oh, you're full of shit. And he's like, oh, you're a cunt, he goes, in front of, in front of somebody that I'm working with, uh, uh, that, that's buying a shirt for me. Dude, I cannot even explain to you how fucking livid I was as somebody who's not a complainer, who never, ever 
does anything but his fucking job to the fullest. I show up on time. I do my time. I do over my time. I don't even drink before I go on stage. I rarely drink after I get off stage. I don't complain about anything. And the one time as a headliner, I get fucking fed up and say something. Some fucking jackass who's an employee. I mean, Folks, you don't even understand how unbelievably crazy and unacceptable that is. Okay, to have happen. It's an instant, it's so ridiculous and, and threatening. Call me a cunt because I was, you know, and then I'm like, dude, what? so whatever. So, um, you know, and I have to give credit. I got to give credit. The owners of the comedy club heard about what happened, brought the person to me. The person apologized. The owners were mortified, apologized. Um, they were very gracious to me. I, I'll never talk bad about the club. The club is actually nice. The people are great and, and the staff. It's just that one incident and just the room. And I, I don't even know if it's a comedy club. I got to be honest. Maybe the people in this area are just that fucking dumb and shitty. I don't know. But, like, you know, I don't know what it's going to take. Five bouncers in the room. But it got crazy. And uh, I was really, I was really pissed off. Because when you're not something and you're called it. You know, I know comedians who are cunts. I know comedians who complain about everything. And that's not me. And I'm up there. And the room turns into a circus. Which I called it. I said, this is a fucking circus. You people are animals. You stupid. I, I, I lost my shit. Um, and still managed to fucking have a great set and, and, and be the fucking professional that I am. And and I put my foot down and this fucking dude is upset about it. Uh, probably because I told his stupid fucking friends to shut up. You know, you come to a comedy club, shut your mouth or leave. You know, listen to the thing. You know, uh, listen to the show. Listen to what the comedian's talking about. Listen to somebody's creative thoughts and writing. You stupid fucking is idiots with shit between your ears. Stupid motherfuckers. I swear to God, dude. And, and you know what? It felt so good to say, that's a perfect joke, you unappreciative fucks. I said that. You unappreciative, stupid fucking idiots. I, at one point, I swear to God, I said to the crowd, and, and I, I promise I would never lie to my, my, my listeners, I said to the crowd um, at one point, I go, you know something? You people deserve... I said something that even made men blush. Like, I just got so evil, and I started talking about shit that, would, that made even dudes blush. Even tough dudes were like, wow, I can't believe he's saying it. And I go, yeah, you people are just like a hooker who likes it rough. You just need to be slapped around and given it too hard, you fucking idiots. Or something I said. Something along those lines. Like, I just went hard, and I gotta tell you, it was liberating. And it let me realize that I'm getting better because I didn't care that I was up there alone and... And, you know, the second night, I didn't have anybody with me. And I just was up there just being as real as possible, just telling it. And every comedian owes it to themselves when you're in a shitty situation to just stop and don't be scared. Make fun of the room. Fuck the reaction and don't care. Make fun of the people. Make fun of how dumb they are. You know, if you're in a room that's rowdy and there's fucking just talking going on, just stop and just fucking call them animals and let them know how dumb they're being. Because that's what they deserve. They deserve nothing less than that. You know how good it felt to say to some girl, yeah, it, it, it really tells me the, about you, what you said about my flyer. And then the one girl going, yeah, well, if you were talking, you are a cocksucker. And she goes, well, I'm not taking your flyer. And I go, good. You know how good that felt? It felt, it felt phenomenal. You know, I've been working too hard. I've been doing this 11 years. I've been a, a pro for eight years in comedy, okay? And I'm not going to go somewhere where it's not fun for me anymore because of this shit. You know, working that fucking hard, okay? It, it, you know, for for what? For you know, because because you're afraid that you're gonna piss a few people off. Bullshit, man. 
And I, I give I give Jokers Wild and the owners there a ton of credit for treating me the way they did afterwards and totally being in my corner. Um, and apparently, I guess the bouncer was at an arena that night because Mike Epps was there. Okay, and uh, you know, so maybe that that's why there was no bouncer there. But like this, you know, this room. I, I think the people there are just fucking less, you know, just dumber or drunker. I don't know what it is, but. You know, they apologized, and they were like, no, you know, you're our headliner. We can't have this shit happen. And they were all, so I'm not, I don't want to sound, you know, this isn't really on them. It, it's, you know, if the bouncer was there and something, but it was just a fucked up situation. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know what, you got employees trying to fight. Like, you know, it's ridiculous. It was just a fucking nightmare. And uh, it made me stronger. Um, I'll tell you one thing, though. I got the room. I got the room. I did my job. I gave, and even after it was fucking miserable up there and I had to talk over people, I still did the 45 minutes and then I gave them extra bits, you know, to get work in. Because I use it to my, you know, you got to always use it to your advantage and to your benefit because you got to get work out of it. But unbelievable weekend. Um, just, you know, people, oh, I know you're not talking to me. Like literally verbal altercations and, and the fact that I get off stage and, and a few of those people looked at me like I was the dick is so unbelievable. It made me wish... In, in in public torture. That's what it, it made me wish that some of these people in the crowd, like that like our government was so like that's the one thing like I wish that like comedians could have. Like you know in some countries if you steal they take your fucking arm. Whichever arm took it or whatever hand took it, they cut off. In a comedy club it should just be like enter at your own risk, but if you act a fool and an asshole, you're gonna be publicly beaten on stage and made fun of and then all the comedians get to dump beer on your head, piss on you, and then, like, just, you're the fucking entertainment for the night. You're the asshole. Just get tarred and feathered and sent home in the fucking stupid, disgraceful shame that you and the stupid fucking people that you drove there with deserve. That's what I honestly wished for some of these people. Fucking idiots. You know? It's like, when, why would you, look, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to beat just some drunk... Like, I was talking about sports, and one guy just started screaming Tom Brady, and he was in the front row, and I go, I go, dude, I'm right here, man. And, like, he wasn't bad. He was actually... But it was just, like, these people were just, like, drunk people, like, with their heads down. I swear to God, it was like a... It was like a reverse old age home. You ever go to an old age home, and everybody's, like, slumped over? This was, like, just younger people and, and middle, like... This was, like, if everybody had that disease where they're older but they look younger and they're just fucking slouched over, drunk. You know, who does that? Who's like, yeah, let's go shoot some heroin and then go sit in the front row of a comedy show and try to do everything we can to concentrate. I, I, I also, at one point, there was one guy so drunk and he was trying to focus, but he was actually respectful. And I said, I go, this guy is so drunk, but he's actually concentrating and trying to hold it together the whole show. You know, and he was, and he appreciated it because he was, but other people just couldn't do it. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. That was, uh, that was a pretty, you know, that was a pretty insane weekend, you know, as, as a, as a headliner, because there's a lot of shit you want to do as a headliner, you know, um, I was joking on stage too, they're like, dude, you're saying some shit, I don't care if the owner's here, I've been trying to get kicked out of this fucking place, like, just joking, because I didn't care, um, yeah, so, that's, uh, that was pretty much the weekend, and, um, it was tough. It was it was work. I did three shows. I felt like I did six. Um, and what are you gonna do? I got apologized to, and uh, they want me back. So who knows? But that was my um, that was that was a fucking intense. I mean, I'm a better comedian for it. But Jesus, please do yourself a favor. If you're not a comedian, 
and you're in the crowd and somebody do, does that, tell the people near you that they're talking and to stop because you'll help too. But it's also not your job. Um, and comedians, you know, tell the pe- like, dude, just tell people, like, fucking tell them. It, it felt so good to go on stage and go, some of you people that dumb as fuck. One guy yelled something out. Like, after I said that, they were some of the dumbest people I've ever met. A guy, like, later on in my set yelled something out, and I just stopped, and I go, See? The dumbest motherfuckers are in Connecticut. And the place went nuts. It was it was so ridiculous. So, anyway, that's what happened. Um, and uh, so it was it was a weird weekend. I got I got another TV credit because of good, manage- good management and, um, and, and being with good people, and, which feels great. And then I had to deal with this weekend. Uh, speaking of that, the last thing I would want to talk about on this thing... Uh, and by the way, I did not go to any movies, so... Um, don't have a, a new movie to review, but I will. Actually, there's a couple things I want to get on DVD that I didn't see. And um, I think there's one or two movies in the theater that I'd be willing to definitely check out. But I, I went on a good run there with uh, with Drive and The Warrior and Moneyball. Um, I did hear that 50-50 was okay, but I didn't see it. So the next movie I see, I will definitely fill you guys in on, let you know um, what I thought. But... Um, Last thing I want to talk about, man, is um, just having good people in your corner is, is just so huge. Like, I actually really got to see this weekend, and any including this week, what a good manager can do for you. You know, um, I don't have specials on Comedy Central yet, and, you know, I, I haven't done any Letterman's or, or, you know, talk shows yet. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to work on that stuff, but, um, you know, everybody thinks you need to have that to to get things and not the case at all you know my manager just you know fights for me believes in you that you know a good manager knows you personally and knows what your strong suits are and you know tries to get you in the door with stuff and you know I was just um I was in the city last night with my manager and he was just talking about a situation about um how certain comedians you know need to do certain things um as far as their progress and the way that they conduct themselves during being on TV and, you know, what you should be doing. And it was just, it made so much sense. And I just remember sitting there going, holy shit, like, I got the right guys with me. Like, I got the right guys that are looking out for me. And uh, it's really, like, it's great. So, you know, it's amazing how you can get yourself far. You can get, you can get into rooms. You can, obviously, nobody controls your, your, your minutes or, or your material. That's all you. Um, the majority of this, and and, pe- and and people shouldn't be fooled, comedians, you shouldn't be fooled with this when I say, um, don't think when you get a manager, because I remember my first manager, was, you know, was great, you know, for, for road, I was doing a ton of road, but I remember when I first got my first manager, I was like, oh, I'm good, I could just wait for the phone to ring, and no, when you get a manager, you got to work that much harder and act like you don't have a manager, and then everything else they get you is gravy. So you can have the combination. So here's what you ultimately want. You want to be working as hard as you were working without a manager. Act like you don't have a manager. Keep writing and getting on stage. And then have a good manager who knows you personally and just adds to your whole repertoire of what you're trying to do and and, and put that all together and, and grow something and get a career. That That's the way that it works until you ultimately get an insane agent and, you know, and then that's a whole other level and league, you know, too. So... You know, it's it's amazing, and and I'm really fortunate and lucky. I'm on my third manager now, 
and uh, I hope to plan to be with these guys and grow with these guys for years to come. Because when you see people working like that and and really knowing what you're capable of, it's it's fucking amazing. Um, and uh, I really appreciate them getting me back on TV, um, you know, and doing something that I had a lot of fun with doing, and hopefully could you know lead into some uh, some other stuff. So uh, I hope I wasn't too long-winded with the. Uh, brutal weekend of fighting for my life and doing all that shit and uh you know but I wanted to uh I guess this I guess we could chalk episode 36 up to being definitely geared more towards uh stand-up comedians but I think it's good insight and really cool for people who are not comedians to, to hear this because they don't know you know they see a comedian on tv and they're like oh yeah they're a comedian they're on tv they don't understand that it's a big process and what you know kind of goes into it so hopefully you guys enjoyed that um if you didn't just look at it as me trying to vent and you did me a favor i guess my therapist this week was my uh, macbook that i've been staring at while i'm talking to you guys um really angry though for the first time on stage and it was a liberating anger fucking awesome just go at people what are they gonna do not like you Fuck them. If they don't like you, it's them. And I got to tell you, the people that I won over, like, appreciated it more. And I think they became, like, real fans. Because people see what's going on. And people know. And and the smart people who are real fans are like, holy shit, this is like, we're watching something here. Um, you know, so uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, Sports-wise, um, really got to be honest, not that intrigued with the Cardinals-Rangers World Series. Uh, sorry guys, if you're in Texas, I mean, listen, I'm a Yankee fan, and I mean, I, I gotta say, I probably would be rooting for, uh, Josh Hamilton and, uh, the Rangers for this one, I think, just because the Cardinals won it not too long ago, the Rangers have never won it, and, uh, I was just in Dallas, and I met a ton of great people in Texas, and I know they're really rooting for them, so I'd probably say I'm rooting for them, but I'm not really into it, hopefully the NBA comes back, oh, in my picks... This was something good in my picks. And here's my luck, okay? For you guys that don't know, I know Bill Burr talked about this on his podcast, but Bill and I, uh, Bill Burr and I do a thing where we pick four games a week. And um, we have a record for it, and we came up with a trophy. We have all these rules. It's hysterical. Uh, we have the, uh, the Jimmy the Greek trophy. Bill won the inaugural season last year, which kills me because it, it was my idea, and he ended up beating me at my own game. So he's on his high horse, and he's been actually killing it. He's 11-5 and five, uh, after this week. I'm 8-7-1. But he's in Europe right now performing. And the first week that I have a killer week, I went 3-0-1. Oh, the Giants pushed, beating the Bills by 3. So I had them at minus 3. But I won Philadelphia, I won Tampa Bay, and I won Chicago um, on a Sunday night. And he went three and one, so I only gained a half a game on him. But the we call it's hilarious. We have names. If you go zero for four, it's called the unthinkable. If you go four and zero, it's called the unimaginable. And I don't know what three zero and one is, but I wanted to talk to him about it and see. And it was the first time I could have actually gloated a little bit and say, "Hey, man, didn't lose a game this week. Three zero and one. He's actually went four and zero. I think twice last year and once this year. So he would just shit on me and be like, "Yeah, yeah, welcome to the club. I've been there." And it would be really funny. But I, I gained a half a game on him. Still early. A lot of football to be played. But um, that was cool. So 
Uh, I'll keep you guys posted on how I'm doing with that. I am, uh, I think, two, I'm two and a half games back right now uh, with a lot of football to be played. So uh, we're having fun with that. Uh, like I said, hopefully the NBA gets back. I can uh, get my Knicks shirt ready to go and, uh, you know, root for them until the playoffs and then get my heart broken again with that. And um, that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, this is episode uh, 36. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it was insightful. Um, yeah, and I guess unacceptable for the week is just everything I talked about earlier, which is just like... Like, if you look at a comedian on stage and you know them for years and you've seen them there do a good job for a while and they finally get fed up with dealing with shit when it's not their fault and you fucking think that it's them and they're complaining and that's just so unacceptable and you should just put your head in front of a tire of a car and just make the society, make the world a better place for everybody because that's just so ridiculously wrong and stupid. And I understand that I was apologized to, and I understand that the club really was upset about this. But come on, man! At the end of the fucking day, that's just unacceptable. You can't, you can't be on, you cannot be on stage and have a room turn into that. It just can't happen. Plain and simple. Uh, so, you know, completely unacceptable, and uh, you know, shame on the stupid fucking cunts who didn't want to take my flyer. Or who didn't want to fuck, you know, you're so fucking stupid and drunk, you idiots. You know, it's like, and I hope, I hope some of the people that took my flyer at last weekend and, you know, come to my podcast really, you know, understand what I'm saying. And just know if you were cool enough to take it and listen, and I know who you are, who became friends, that's awesome. You guys are awesome. You guys see what it, you know, what what a real comedian who's working hard for you does. And for you other people who got upset with it, you know what? You're just drunk fucking people who just suck at breathing. Um, and uh, I wish you no mercy. <laughs> so I will end. Uh, I will end uh, uh, a blunt, angry episode number thirty-six this week. Um, on that note. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, and like I said, in the next couple of weeks on the Verzi Effect, I will have, um, I would say within the next month, there'll probably be a minimum of two comedians on here. But we're definitely going to get some people on here and uh, talk to some uh, talk to some really funny uh, comedians, tell great stories, and do all that stuff. So stay tuned. Thanks so much again for listening. Um, if there's anything or any feedback that you have on the Verzi Effect podcast, please let me know if there's anything that you want me to talk about. Like I always said, I will. Um, I'm going to do my segment from the fans again. I just waited a while because uh, I did it for a few weeks, and I don't want to keep kind of doing questions and, and taking away from stuff that you guys probably want to hear about. Um, but I will be going back to that. And also, thank you all so much if you were the people that put on um, put uh, comments on my iTunes. Because I noticed that uh, each time I go to the iTunes review section, there's more and more comments. And uh, everybody's been really positive and, and the numbers have been growing. So uh, thank you. And if you told people about this and they're now they're fans because of you, you're the shit. I really appreciate it. And um, that's it, guys. I, until uh, Until episode... Number 37, uh, I'm out of here, and I wish you all a great uh, rest of the week and weekend. Later. Oh, plugs. What am I doing? Plugs. Um, 
October, what's today? October, October, I'm just, before the 30th, I'm just going to be kind of running, you know, writing and running around, maybe trying to do spots. Um, I am booked October 30th at Stand Up New York. And then on November, November 4th and 5th, I will be at Bananas Comedy Clubs with Sebastian Matiscalco. Uh, funny dude. He was on, uh, Sebastian was actually on Vince Vaughn's uh, Wild West comedy tour. And um, he's a comic out in L.A. He's from Chicago. Really funny dude. So I'm actually going to be uh, featuring for him. I'm going to be featuring for him at um, Bananas Comedy Club in um, Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey on November 4th and 5th. And then I will be on the 9th. I will be at the Creek in the Cave in New Jersey. I mean, in, uh, I'm sorry, in Long Island City, Queens. And then I will be in a Cabin in New York City on the 10th. And then on my birthday, November 11th, I will be opening up for uh, Bill Burr. I will be opening the show at Carnegie Hall, which, um, you know, I'm looking forward to. That should be, uh, it should be a blast for everybody involved, and uh, that should be great. So for more information, uh, go to my website, uh, new website, actually. Uh, redid some things, gave it a little bit of a facelift, uh, made it more simple, uh, paulverzi.com. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you next time.